Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of All Queued Up. In this episode, um, I talked to Josh about the dangers of preteen pregnancy. Wait, not that kind of special episode. It's our year anniversary! <laughs> Was that... Oh, <laughs> you were trying to go for the uh, after-school special? Yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, as usual, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm great, uh, and I hope to hell that we're more entertaining than an after-school special. Um, so, yeah, true, true. Uh, I don't care even if Vince Vaughn was in that one. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode's going to be a bit longer. I'm sure that you've already seen the timestamp on it. Um, but uh, uh, we're doing something very special for our anniversary. We're going to talk about a few things, where our lives are now from where they were a year ago. Uh, we're going to do a couple things on a, a list format of our favorite shows that we've talked about on the show. Um, but also we're going to do something extra special for you guys. Josh, go ahead and let them know what that is. Well, to show our appreciation from all the support we've received over the past year and continuing to receive and the growth we want to give back to you guys, so there will be an announcement sometime during the show. You'll have to pay attention uh, to find out how to enter for the giveaway that we're going to have. But we are doing a giveaway for something very cool. We'll tell you about that later. Yep. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, uh, if you don't know, uh, this episode we're going to be talking about American Vandal Season 2, which is... Something fun for us, because a year ago we talked about American, American Vandal Season 1, um, and then Iron Fist Season 2. Uh, but first, um, Josh, our lives have actually changed quite a bit over the past year. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically, you have a huge change. Uh, when we started the show, you had a right foot. I did. Now, not so much. No, uh, I still feel it though. <laughs> I still, I still feel it. It's there. Wiggle your right spirit. toe. Um, I'm actually flexing my, you know, whole foot and ankle and everything now. That's weird. It, yeah, that's that, that's so fucking bizarre. Well, you know, the prostologist he said that having and retaining that sensation and flexing my muscles and doing what I'm doing is going to be so incredibly beneficial to me when I do get fitted for the prosthetic that uh, it'll make things a lot easier to transition to and get used to. So That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, we were kind of talking about it before we recorded that. It's, it's kind of bizarre to... Uh, It's kind of bizarre to be doing a podcast for this long because Josh and I, we know each other pretty well, I'd say. And mm -hmm. we've had a lot of conversations about not only this show, but other shows. We, we just, 
him and I have been our support, uh, vice versa, back and forth. Um, I remember that, that time, you know, when you were in the hospital and I didn't know what was going on or what was wrong, I was legitimately stressing out. I remember my mom saying like, you got to calm down, you know, you're going to make yourself stress sick. And, uh, and while, you know, you were going through your first, you know, couple weeks or whatever, I was there for you. And you've been there for me with a couple other things like, uh, very recently, my dog had uh, surgery. And then on top of that, this new job has been very stressful. So you've been there to, you know, be a shoulder to cry on. Um, so basically what I'm... It's a good thing, too, because, you know, if you if it was the same way ankles to cry on, I don't know <laughs> if I have an extra one of those. Probably not. Prob- probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I don't know i just i'm gonna get all sentimental here but it, it's it's nice to have a a, a a partner in crime that actually wants to commit the crimes you know what i'm saying you make it sound like we're doing illegal things like touching children or something good, and we're good. absolutely not by the way we good don't condone crazy, any of man. that good god I, well, you know, I'm always going to take it to a dark place. So I just, just wasn't. I, just have to. I mean, it's fine. I just wasn't expecting it. Uh, Neither were the kids. All right. Well, that's, Neither were the kids. <laughs> show has been canceled. Full, um, <laughs> full disclaimer. Well, one of the one of we the big things. Don't touching kids. <laughs> one of the things in my life was uh, uh, every summer when I was working for the school district as a lunch assistant. Um, because it's a substitute position, I don't get paid during the summertime or any time that there's school out. Uh, so basically mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I'm not salaried. And, uh, the issue was, is that, you know, my folks and I, cause I live with my parents just to be as transparent as possible on this. Um, uh, you also live in a very expensive city, so, you know, well, luckily for us, we're grandfathered into this apartment, so we only we pay like a, a solid four hundred dollars less than everybody else around us, which is nice. But um, we, you know, we're we're making ends meet. We're we're doing our best, and yeah. Um, the the fact that I wasn't working during the summertime and my mom and my mom and dad are both disabled. So my dad can only work a few hours with Uber. My mom doesn't work at all. They're both living off disability. We were just really struggling to make ends meet. And I had to, I, you know, push came to shove and I had to find a job that actually gave me hours during the summertime or just in general. So I started working for a gas station and that, that became a very stressful job because uh, I was really worried about, messing things up that could potentially hurt me in the long run. So basically, if you don't know, and you're listening to this, if you don't ID a person and they work for ABC, alcohol, some, the alcohol and beverage commission, thank you. Um, you not only lose your job, but you get fined from between 10,000 to, uh, sorry. Yeah. 10,000 to $25,000. Um, and then of course the store gets fined a reasonably equal amount. So it's a very stressful situation. And it was, it was, what became more stressful for me, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to burden others. And to me, asking people for the ID felt like a burden. 
So I was like, I was very afraid to do it, very scared. Now, not so much that I've been working there for a month. But uh, when I was going through that stress, uh, the uh, one of the, the actually, to be frank, the only place of solace, the only place of actual like relief was talking to Josh. Um, the guys that I play with online, they didn't really want to hear it. They just wanted to play games. Their their relief was just playing games. Uh, I couldn't talk to my folks because my mom was like, every time you talk to us about you not liking the job, your father's really worried you're going to quit. So I can't talk to them. Uh, you know, just there was nobody else really to talk to about the situation except for Josh. And he was there to listen. And he was like, yeah, gas station jobs suck. I totally understand where you're coming from. So that was really nice. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's been nice to have Josh in my corner for the past year. Um, and, and before that too, I mean, realistically before we started, that's why I asked Josh to do the podcast was because of that reason. Um, cause he's, you know, he's a, he's a, just a wonderful guy to not only work with, but just to have him as your friend. Um, and, and I would hope that the feeling is mutual. Absolutely, man. I mean, I appreciate that. It, it does mean a lot. Uh, and you know, that's, um, Having worked a convenience store slash gas station job, I know how it sucks. And I know what kind of pressures uh, come with that position, especially if you have any type of anxiety or social anxieties. Um, Which I do. And in a very busy environment and in a large area where you are, you don't get a lot of downtime together and collect yourself. So I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And this is, a, know, this is an the only, the only upshot I have, you know, is I was fortunate enough by having that job. I met Misty, <laughs> you know, so yay for that. But everything, <laughs> that job was terrible. So I totally get it. Well, there, you know, there are you can find something better. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for a better job. You know, I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm just, this is, this is a, I don't know if you want to call it a roadblock in life, but... Um, I would refer to it as a stump in the path. Ah, nice. Well done. Uh, the point I'm getting at, guys, yeah. is that regardless of how stressful my job is right now, regardless of how I feel, um, it's, it's, it's been, like, I don't want to stop doing this podcast. This podcast is my sanctuary. Um, it's a place where I know that I can relax and have a good conversation about shows and stuff I care about. So, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up that has nothing to do with me that I thought was really cool. That basically has happened to you over the past year because I don't want to say because of the podcast, but definitely from experience of doing the podcast, Josh, but, uh, mm -hmm. you working with the, um, the Roma collectors, man, that's been amazing. Uh, you know, because primarily all I did before was I streamed on Twitch, um, you know, hanging out on the half energy streams and hanging out on mission start streams and then your streams, you know, but I had kind of gotten, kind of gotten to where I felt, you know, I enjoyed streaming, but there were, I'm just going to say it. 
you know, I was I was a mod on a channel of a person who I've not spoken to in about a year now. You know, um, this person I went back for 13 years or better. Uh, and I was like, whenever they were streaming, I was in their stream every day from almost start to finish, unless something was up, you know, and I couldn't be there. I was there every day doing mod duties, keeping the chat going, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it's like I never wanted to stream over any of my friends. So I always tried to pick a time to stream. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want to stream when you're streaming. He's like, well, let's alternate days. Cool. Well, then he started taking more days for himself. I was like, well, you know, I was wanting to stream today. I was like, well, I'm going to. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll be in there and hanging out. And it got to the point where, like, all right, I kind of got burned out on streaming. You know, and I still, you know, would like when we would do Jackbox nights on Saturday. I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, you know, and we still do that from time to time. We just don't have as many opportunities to do it as much as we used to. Right. Uh, but, you know, and I would still show up on heat streams. You know, they were a lot more frequent then. They're not as frequent now. Um, but I was just like, I want something different. And when you came to me and asked me, hey. I'm gonna, I want to do a podcast about this. Would you want to join? And I'm like, really? Uh, it's like, I, I've had people tell me, it's like, dude, you have the ability to captivate an audience when you speak. You have the ability to tell fascinating stories when you speak. Your just general persona. And, you know, I always take that shit with a grain of salt. But to have somebody actually approach you and ask and say, hey, I think you would be a perfect fit for this, it was awesome. So I told my friend, and he was like, well, yeah, you're a natural fit for that. I think you should do that instead of streaming. You know, and I was like, so you don't think I could do both? He's like, well, you're just a better fit, you know, blah, blah. He basically criticized my streaming style. And I'm sitting here thinking, all right, whatever, man. And uh, anyway, he and I had a falling out. And I've not spoken to the guy in over a year. And I know he low-key listens. <laughs> I was just seeing. <laughs> just shout out to you, buddy. I hope you're doing well in life. And I really do hope you are happy, but, you know. Hey, support, uh, support that bridge. That yeah. bridge. That bridge isn't being rebuilt. But I hope you. I wish you well in life. But don't don't come trying to rebuild the bridge. It's not going to happen. Right. Um. Because, you know, like you like you mentioned, I I fell in with an incredible community of people who have actually been supportive of me, not only in just the things that I'm trying to do, but just in general. Like you were mentioning how. I've been supportive of you and everything. Uh, you know, I started, uh, as a lot of people have listened and heard, I'm a big collector of toys, uh, especially, uh, you know, I've gotten heavy into collecting Transformers in the past year and a half. And I started watching a particular reviewer, Bobby Skullface, on, uh, because I dug his review styles. He straight up would tell you, you know, with honest honesty and integrity, you know, basically... This is what I think of this figure. These are the good. These, this is the bad. Do I think it's worth it? You know, do I think you should spend your money on this? Do I think you would enjoy it? And plus, you know, he's just got this cool, 
personality. And, you know, uh, he's a genuinely nice guy. You know, I'm going to shout him out here for a second because, not a, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but he's an artist. And I own a few of his prints. He has a thing, uh, a company. He calls it Defending Myths and Heroes. It's basically he does artwork of fictional heroes and takes the proceeds and donates it to real life heroes like uh, fallen firefighters. Uh, wounded warriors. I didn't know he did that like shit. That. That's awesome. Yes, yes. I have nothing but respect for Bobby. Bobby's an incredible person. Um, and through Bobby and listening to his podcast that he is a part of, Nerd Rage Radio and Shattered Cast Uncut, I learned about the realm of collectors. So I joined the Facebook community. It's more than a group. It's a community. And I have been overwhelmed with how well received i was in that group just people being so welcoming it's like hey you know you're one of us welcome and you know they do live podcasts on mondays and tuesdays and every other uh, wednesday like uh figure banging with uh, ace milo that's going to be on at nine thirty tonight you know uh which was Wednesday, two days ago, if you're listening to this, because this is pre-recorded, of course. But, uh, you know, I would go, I started watching on YouTube right before New Year's. Uh, started participating in the live chat, uh, just talking, you know, and they watch the chat and they interact with the chat. And I was like, man, this is cool. You know, these guys are really nice guys. They're into a lot of the same things we're in, you know, and it's not realm of transformers it's realm of collectors it doesn't matter what you collect if you collect you're welcome what if i collect you know, boogers it's a one- well you know it's not for me but you're welcome you know um but yeah man i just uh, i started participating in the live chats participating in the facebook group and they do uh google hangouts off the air and they throw out the link and they say, anybody want to come in and talk with us? You can. So it was like every Monday and Tuesday night, I started doing hangouts every Monday and Tuesday and just getting to know them. <clears throat> and I've made some incredible friends there. But what what is amazing as a result of my interactions with the realm, <laughs> that's, that's just a thing that, you know, we do. Anybody says realm, everybody repeats it and everything. Um, What's amazing about the realm is they make you feel like you belong. You feel like you were family. You feel like you, I've never been a part of anything like that, and it's tremendous. They, uh, when, you know, through the Hangouts, I was invited to join the Off the Runner podcast because I enjoy building model kits, Gundams particularly, and it's a Gundam building podcast. Um, my friend, you know, Tyler, he's like, Hey, you should come on the show with us. You seem like a pretty cool guy. You make me laugh. And, you know, we have a good time when I get to be on there. I'm not on there every episode, but, you know, I'm on there when I can. And, you know, I met some great friends. They've We're doing a live show every Friday night now at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, MPSP Theater, a.k.a. Masterpiece Shit Piece Theater, uh, which Greg was on our second episode. And, uh... 
you know, that's that's with my friends Nick and Sam and Rob and Russ, and we have a great time doing it. And but that's 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 the thing. When I got sick with the staph infection and the necrotizing fasciitis that caused the amputation of my lower right leg, I've never seen a community step it up and show so much support for somebody that they've never met in person like I've seen with how the realm stepped up and helped me. Uh, you know, I went in the hospital on that Thursday. I told you, I was like, hey, man, i got to go to the ER. Something's not right. I'm not feeling good. I'm going to the ER. Yeah. And you didn't hear back from me until, like, Sunday night. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was legit terrified. I was like, I really, really hope everything's okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I had been at the hospital, like, maybe five, ten minutes, and they're like, yeah, we're going to have to take your leg. And I'm like, where are you going to take it to? You just going to clean it up and bring it back or, you know, what's up? Um, but yeah, I was just like, damn. Part of the reason why I didn't tell anybody what was going on is they weren't sure if I was going to survive through the weekend or not. And I didn't want to make anybody worry any more than they already were. Nobody outside of my mom and stepdad and my brother and my sisters and Misty pretty much knew what was going on. We didn't tell anybody until they said, yeah, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to make anyone worry needlessly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, I told you. And then Tyler, uh, they hadn't heard from me for a few days either. He messaged Misty. He's like, we know he was in the hospital. What's going on? We haven't heard anything. And she told him what happened. I was like, yeah, tell him tell him everything that happened. He's like, oh, shit. He went to, he went to the Realm. And the Realm podcasts, along with Bobby's podcasts and a few others, they're all part of this network called the Cool Table Network. It's a hub of like-minded podcasts. Uh, for various entertainment avenues, whether it be collecting, um, you know, nerd nerd stuff, geek culture in general, he's he's like, can we get a GoFundMe going? And they're like, absolutely. So Tyler messaged Misty back. He said, hey. We want to start a GoFundMe. We want to help you guys because we know this is going to be life-changing, and it absolutely has been. But those guys, the 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 men and women that are part of the ROC, in less than 48 hours raised over $3,500. And, you know, Misty, she was working from home from Toys R Us. She had just lost her job like a few weeks before this happened. Uh, so that money got us through the summer. It helped to buy the antibiotics I needed to come home. You know, yeah, they um, they, they really, really, really deserve they, a huge amount of props for stepping up like that when when life when life basically was like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, uh, 
You know, when it rains, it pours. But I like to say, like, when it rains, it shits in your cereal is basically what happened to you and Misty in that two-week period, so. Yeah, yeah. And they've, they've, they've just been an amazing community to be a part of. I've made some incredible friends in that community. And I tell people. You know, I wear their shirts. When I go out, I'm wearing an ROC shirt. I've got two. I'll be getting the third one at TFCon at the end of October in Chicago. It's a 2018 International Realm of Collectors meetup. <laughs> um, nice. Anyway, nice to throw that in there. <laughs> I'll wear it. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to plug them, man. I love them. Uh, I'll wear a shirt out and I'll say, Realm of Collectors, what's that? And I'm like, it's one of the best communities you could be a part of if you're into collecting anything. And I don't care what it is, whether it be toys, video games, music, movies, you know, shoes, whatever. Check them out. They're an incredible community. You know, shout out to all the guys. I don't want to start naming names because I will absolutely forget people. And I don't want anybody to feel like I've overlooked them. But I love all of you guys. You know who you are. Don't you and forget about I me. I cannot sir. wait. I cannot wait until five weeks from today. I'll be on a van, 15 past your lane, riding, riding, riding with some friends to Chicago. You know, we've, we've already named it. We've dubbed it the Bang Bus. Oh, God. Um, gross. So, yeah, yeah. Yep, we're calling it the bang bus. Of course, nothing's going to be going on, but, you know, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Uh, but, yeah, my, my life has changed a lot in the past year. Going from streaming to basically podcasting and still doing the occasional stream. I had a successful charity event last month. It was great. Um, You know, and just... Really having incredible people to be able to go to, confide in, and talk to. And this includes you as well. You know, you say you come to me to talk and everything, you know, and I tell you pretty much everything that's going on too, you know. I just, um, yeah. There <laughs> is, I have, I have suffered for decades with depression and anxiety issues since before I was 12 years old. Um, been in and out of therapy all my, all my life since I was 12 years old. I have to say, with as much as I have gone through, that right now in my life is the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. Even though I lost part of a leg. Um, even though that, yeah, we've had to struggle through some, some hard times. And it's made things harder on Misty. And it's made things harder on Madison. Because they have to, you know, like push me when we go anywhere in a wheelchair. She has to carry the wheelchair down the steps, load it up in the vehicle, get it out, put it back in the vehicle. And, you know, after they push me around, because it's not an electric wheelchair, you know, and the thing weighs like 75, 80 pounds easy. You know, she's got to load it up in the back of our SUV and it's hard on her. 
you know, it's 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 hard on Madison when Madison goes with us because she helps push, and she's never complained about it. She likes doing it. She's never complained once. You know, she's they've been amazing throughout this. All my friends, you know, in the ROC have been amazing and supportive, and you have been amazing and supportive, and you know, just the you know half empty has been amazing and supportive and just yeah you know mckay and genocide they have been amazing and supportive i've just uh i am one of the luckiest sons of bitches alive (laughs) and i almost wasn't i almost wasn't i was that close um so when you go through something like that, at least for me, it puts a lot of things in perspective and I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. I don't get upset about little bitty things anymore because I'm like, it could be worse. I could lose a leg. Oh, wait. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm in a much better place mentally than I was a year ago. Um. I can't say I'm in a better place physically because I'm 80% of where I was a year ago. <laughs> but uh, getting a new leg soon. 80% getting a new leg soon. Maybe by the next recording, I might have a prosthetic leg. That's fucking exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm expecting the phone call any day now, um, actually, to be honest. So, yeah, that's... It's been uh, it's been a whirlwind ride in the past year, but I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't change any of it. Nothing. Everybody's like, you wouldn't want your leg back. It's like, no, nah, I wouldn't change it. <laughs> take, I, I wouldn't you change know what? any of it. You know what? My right leg. I'm gonna take get, it or I, leave it. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I'm gonna get a sweet fucking robot leg. You know. Yeah, the first one's not going to be a sweet fucking I, robot leg. It's going to be pretty basic. I can't wait till the story, Josh, right. of Madison pissing you off as a teenager and you literally taking off your prosthetic and, like, waving it at her, like, come here so I can beat you with my leg. Well, you know, I've already told her, you know, in a couple of instances where she's, like, she tries to push my buttons and I'll be like, cool it, settle down. She's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to break off my other foot in your ass if you don't knock it off. You know, how's that going to look? They push me in with two stump legs on one gurney and then push you in on the next. you got a chunk of leg hanging out of your ass. How's that going to look, right? She just cracks up. But, (laughs) yeah, trust me. I, I, I can't wait until I can recreate that one meme, you know? You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. My dad's an amputee, and he's taking pictures like this and sending them to people, having his stump leg in between the prosthetic leg and his other leg, and like a blanket covering. It looks like it's a ginormous painter hanging down. Ginormous yeah. wainer. <laughs> I didn't say wainer. I said painter. Wainer. Um, well, why don't we move on to our next segment, Josh? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're both, you know, like I said, this... Lives lives are different. Lives have changed, and we couldn't be happier to be doing the podcast because it is, if not anything, a, a great outlet for both of us, in general. So 
Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I I look forward to recording days. You know, absolutely. Yeah, not so much editing days because it takes a while, but <laughs> recording days are always a great thing. Yeah, well, you know, that, that, uh, there's uh, editing is a thankless job. Thank you, Josh. Um, none yeah, of that made welcome. any sense because I just said thankless. Uh, before we get into the next thing, I want to let you guys know real quick. Um, before we start talking about shows and stuff, um. If you're new to the podcast, which congratulations for sitting through that half an hour of us kind of rambling on, because um, if this is your first one, good gravy. Uh, but if you're new, some gravies are good. Most gravies are good. Let's be honest. Uh, Depends on who's making it too. I guess I don't like man gravy. Anyway, um. What we do here is Josh and I watch two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming platform, Netflix, Hulu, uh, Plus, Amazon Prime, what have you. We discuss, give our opinions, and then we review them, giving them a grade from A plus to F. Um, we we do talk, like, like I said, about the show in their entirety, so we spoil. Uh, we try not to spoil too much, but we do end up spoiling sometimes. Uh, and some of the mm-hmm. shows we talk about have themings or things in the theme that may not be uh, kosher to you. And if that's the case, feel free to not listen to it. Um, but uh, we... oh, I didn't know we were supposed to be koshering. Isn't it a turn of phrase? I guess that's kind of like just cultural appropriation from Jewish people, but whatever. Um, but also, guys, uh, I want to bring up uh, our website. AllQueedUpPodcast.com, which I now have an official mm-hmm. email to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh, is yours, set that up is yours just Josh at AllQueedUpPodcast.com? Yes. Yep. You can email either me or Greg directly. Um, just Greg's is Greg, G-R-E-G-G, at AllQueedUpPodcast.com. Or mine, of course, Josh, J-O-S-H, at allcuteuppodcast.com. It's awesome. Email it's us. really cool, yeah. yeah. If you have any inquiries, uh, suggestions for shows, uh, you want to be a guest on the show, that's where you want to do it. That's how you want to get a hold of us. Um, mm-hmm. But also, one of the cool things on our website, and part of what we said earlier with the whole uh, giveaway part, which we will get to later, uh, we have a merchandise area. So you can buy shirts and... Other apparel sort of things. Um, winter's coming up, fall and winter's coming up, and maybe you want to have our cartoon faces on your chest in a hoodie format. Uh, it, what's the website? Redbubble? Not Redbubble. Yeah, it is Redbubble. Yeah, it's Redbubble. Okay, Redbubble. that's what I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. they make quality, quality stuff. So definitely go there, check it out. Um, it's all pretty expen- or inexpensive. Like, it's nothing's ridiculously priced so yeah yeah depending on the style of t-shirt they range from 18 19 bucks to 28 bucks depending on the type of shirt material you know hoodies are a little bit more uh as they usually are yeah, yeah. Uh, the link to the red bubble store is on the all up podcast.com website under the merchandise tab uh you know there's a direct link to it there's all kinds of cool stuff there yeah, it's, it's really awesome, and it's much better than the other website we had. Um, 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so Josh and I were talking about, other than talking about where our lives have been in the past year, we want to do something a little fun before we get into the reviews. Um, and I came up with a fun idea. Josh totally was like, yes, 100% that. Um, we are going to talk about our top favorite shows, our top five shows each, um, that we've discussed or reviewed on this show or this podcast altogether. That being said, before we get personal favorites, personal favorites, yes. Um, the rule, the only rule is, is that it had to be something we discussed on the podcast. Um, yes. However, before we get to the top fives, we're going to talk about our, t- our our worst fives. The, the the worst, the five worst shows that we gave bad ratings to. Now, as it stands, I gave only two shows an F, I believe. Uh, Josh, yeah, one, just one. You only gave one show. Okay, an F. yeah. You, I'm I'm a little yeah. bit more kind when it comes to my reviews than let's say Josh is. Where how many how many Fs did you give? I gave two. Two? Okay. So when I say slightly, yeah. I really do mean that slightly. Um, but I also gave I gave a total of five things that we watched a D or a D plus or below. You gave three. So yeah. So yeah, it's it's very slight. Um. So Josh, go ahead and start. Let's 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 start with one one of them. I don't know if you marked them in any kind of one through five, but uh, go ahead and give me one that we just, that we just hated. Well, both of us absolutely thought Kiss Me First was probably the biggest piece of God. shit we've ever seen. Yeah, that was so I bad. would, I would, I would, I think I actually said, I don't know if it was during this particular review or if it was something else. I was like, fine. No, it was when I was referring to a different movie. Um, you know, whatever you do, don't watch Kiss Me First. Absolutely avoid it. Like you have a compromised immune system and there's a measles outbreak at Disney World and you've not been vaccinated because you can't. Don't leave the fucking house because that's what Kiss Me First is. It'll just fuck up your world. <laughs> I mean, I, would, I mean... Fair enough description. However, I would just say it's a bad show. Uh, just poorly structured, poorly acted. Um, it, it, uh, it, it's to me, it's written. It's written by somebody who doesn't understand technology, who was supposed to write something about technology. It was like somebody from fucking uh, Law and Order had to write an episode about like a cyber killer or some shit, and then and then like and then they wrote oh, wait. this. So what you're saying, it'd be like Jenny McCarthy trying to tell people about how vaccines work. Right, yes, yes. It's just absolutely bizarre and asinine and bleh. The only only thing about Kiss Me First that is an absolute garbage is its CGI quality. I felt that that was actually pretty pretty good. Um, Not great by any measure, Uh, but, you know, not, not not the worst thing I'd ever seen. It was also it was also used very sparingly for something that was hopped up that it was going to be used heavily in a show. That true that yeah yeah, especially after the first episode. But yeah, that was an absolute fucking travesty. All right, give me another one. Mute. <laughs> Mute. Mute was a steaming turd of 
jackassery. It, it was just absolute misery for me. This this is this is I a, wanted to lock it. I was gonna say this is textbook how not to do cyberpunk. It's textbook how not to make a movie, period. Fair enough. Not just cyberpunk, but any movie. It was a jumbled mess that had no coherency to it. Everything was disjointed. There were side plots that were never tied up that had no bearing to the ultimate overall theme or plot. It was a big waste of two hours of my life that it was bad. Yeah. This is what I said. Go get a root canal instead of watching this. That's just something you can do better than your day. What they what, what they tried to do with the, the, the theming in the world was make it very Blade Runner-y. But the one, the one thing that makes mm-hmm. Blade Runner cool in my mind hmm. is the is the acceptance of technology and how it's used throughout the show. This was the polar opposite. Having the main character mm-hmm. be Amish? Are you kidding? That's a terrible yeah. fucking idea. I don't know. There's yeah. just so much bad about it and it was just it was so boring yeah. too like There was yeah, you you gave it a D because you said the only thing that kept it from getting an F was the quality of the acting. I'm sorry. Uh, you could have put fucking people like um, Gary Oldman in there, and it still would have been a pile of shit. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying actors can only do so much with the with the script that they're given, you know. And I agree. You know, and visuals only carry so much weight with me as well. It's all about story to me, and if your story is that disjointed and that poorly told, I don't give a shit of the quality of everything else around. That's that's a big steaming fail. <laughs> All right, give me another one. Uh, Laser Team Two. Really? I thought I gave that a higher score. You did. I didn't. I didn't say give uh, me your top. Give me give me your worst. I didn't. I oh, said give me our worst five. Oh, oh, my bad. My bad. Okay. Well, then the next one, the next one that we both agree on would be Ako Incarnation. Oh. I gave it a D. You gave it a D. You gave it a D. I gave it a D plus. What um, did I give? Hold on. What did I give Laser was, Team Two? I don't know. Probably better than a D. Yeah, I gave it like a B or a C. Sorry. Anyway, I was just, I was, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I kind of, yeah. Ew. Well, you only gave three grades below uh, D or below, so. Yeah, fair enough. I gave five. I was just looking at that. I mean, I mean, now if for, if one of our lowest ranked shows is Laser Team Two, that's fine. I'm just surprised by it. That's all. Yeah, uh, you gave it a B minus. I gave it a D plus. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, the Ico. Or whatever the fuck it was, like eco or something. It was awful. It was just terrible. It's a bad anime. It should it, not have been made. Yeah. My the worst part about it, the, the it, most egregious thing. There were cool concepts about it. It was just terrible execution. Yeah, the most egregious part to me in the whole in the whole show was like everyone is on edge and doesn't really like each other. And then there's this whole part where like one of the guys sacrifices themselves or sacrifices himself, and everyone just fucking like. He's a hero, and we should do this because he died for us. It's like, what the fuck? Where the hell did that entire shift in tone take place? Like, it was just, it was so fucking bad, but yeah. 
Anyway, I feel like the, I, I think I know what the next one is. Can I just say what the next one is? You know what the next That's one is. I hundred percent know what the next one is. Devil Man Cry Baby. Fuck you, Anthony. <laughs> I'm never getting over that. <laughs> I mean, I love Anthony, but man, fuck you for making me watch that show, dude. It's yeah. Um, it's... Now you gave it a C minus. This is the show that the only reason it got a D minus is because there was one good scene that I thought was very, very well done, but the rest of it was absolute garbage. It was just like a tire fire come to life in animation. Well, there are some that, like there are some moments in the in the anime that I think really stand out as good parts, but. You know, taking those parts out of context to the whole story is like taking the first 20 minutes of Up without the rest of the movie. Um, mm. It's like the scene that I'm talking about in particular is like the, the camp with the boy that turns out to be a devil or whatever the fuck it was and like kills his mom and then kill, and then and then the dad goes to save him and gets shot. And it's just like it's really sad. And 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 I thought it was a really cool scene, but it's completely mm. like disjointed from everything else in the show and isolated that little part is really mm -hmm. good but everything with like the two main mm -hmm. characters is just god mm -hmm. boring and the, the melodramatic the, nonsense the part the part that i'm speaking to specifically is when he is basically you know he's like if you want to you know you're killing people because they're different because you suspect they may be this if you're going to kill anybody kill me you know i'm different kill me he said this is i'm the reason that this all started and he offers himself up to this mob and these kids just go up to him and they start like they just hug him they're like it's okay and you know just the uh, acts of kindness and all that shit, it was well portrayed, and that was really the only good scene to me that stood out. That's why that didn't get a total laugh because that moment made me feel for a minute. Yeah, like there, but, there yeah. are there are scenes in the show that are solid, and I and I think that there are parts where the animation is really good, but there's other parts when it's anything action based is just like terrible, just awful. Yeah, and so uh, it it looked like a. It looked like a '90s white zombie video come to you life. You know what it looked like to me? It looked like fucking Aeon Flux, and I hate that show. Well, also same time period. Right, right, true. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we got the five bad ones out of the way, why don't we get to the good? Okay. Well, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go with my number five. I, I have mine listed. Josh, uh, I don't think Josh listed his, but I listed mine. Uh, I didn't list mine in an order. But yeah, if if we happen to have it on our list, we might as well just throw it out there and say that it's on our list. Yeah. Uh, but my yeah. number my my number five is Glow. Mm. Um, okay. granted, we only reviewed season two on the show. Uh, uh, but we did. You know, I had watched season one. Josh had to watch season one and two for the for the review for the review itself. Um, mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed the show as well. Yeah, I thoroughly thoroughly love this show. Like excited for season three uh really enjoy how it how it goes in depth with wrestling culture and wrestling in the wrestling world as a whole and um i i really 
really appreciate how well acted and and where the time like how everyone's dressed like it's not overly 70s but it's clearly in the 70s you know um no it's set in the mid 80s is it 80s i thought it was 80s i was gonna say 80s yeah. that's right yeah yeah, yeah. it's a, basically my point is is that like a lot of the times you'll see period pieces be way too period piece uh this show this mm-hmm. show's just like it happens to take place in the 80s so like the the style's kind of 80s but you know we're not going to be like where's my vhs like they don't do that shit like it's not like Man, that Sony Walkman sure was cool. Like, they don't do that shit. It's just, it takes place in the 80s, and that's as far as that goes. So I really appreciate that. Um, But there's a lot of just, like, little touches here and there that make it super fun. But also, like, Mm -hmm. it's not just a comedy. It's it's got a lot of drama to it, and you feel for the characters, especially, especially Mark Maron's character. Like... Oh yeah. God, it's so much good about that show and I I I would watch it a second time if I could. It's so fucking good to me, but yeah, so that's 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 my number 5. Josh, you go ahead and list one. Uh Lost in Space. Okay, you know, I was I was in my top 10, but I I, I had to take it out of there, so. Yeah, it's not my top 5. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's that's I'm I'm glad that, you know, we don't line up perfectly there in that respect. Because I got a feeling at least two of these will be on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like our list. I feel like our favorite is going to be the same. That's that's <laughs> probably probably. Uh, but yeah, Lost in Space. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yes, the science behind it wasn't one hundred percent accurate, but I did not let that bother me in the slightest. I thought it was a very fun, well told. Highly enjoyable 10 episodes, and I absolutely am looking forward to a second season of that. Um, so yeah, 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 I, I agree with you. It's, it's a very fun show, and I, I, we will review season two when that comes out for sure. So, what was your number four? Uh, American Vandal. Uh, granted, we only, ah. so here's what's funny in this episode, we are going to review season two, but this is mm-hmm. specifically for season one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of parody and satire. I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. And American Vandal wasn't just parody, but it was satire. It was a satire on American culture. It was a satire on on high school life. It was a satire on uh, our dependency on you know somebody else's misery. And and it was just it was so fucking clever and so smart and really well put together. Absolute genius. Absolutely genius. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about season two, um, but I can't get too much into it because I want to spoil some shit. But, uh, but yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it had to make my top five, and that's why it's my number four. So what's your number four, quote unquote? Uh, godless. Wow, that's not on my list. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't be on your list. It was list, in my top ten, though. I it was absolutely... in my top ten. Oh, it no, was? it was not. Really? It was not. That's right. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. Sorry. Say, I was gonna say. I was thinking. I was thinking um, of a different show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I absolutely adored Godless. You know, I love. I love something in a western setting, and this was a seven-episode micro series. I felt it was really well done. Highly enjoyable. Jeff Daniels was incredible in that role and yeah 
I I loved it. If you're a fan of that kind of, you know, if you're a fan of westerns, uh, you know, go check it out. I don't entirely agree, but it's not the worst show. It's I there's know. there's parts of I it know. I really enjoy. I know you gave it you gave it like a C. Yeah, you yeah. said for you it was just average. It just dragged on a bit. But, um, yeah. my number three might actually be in your top five. Dark. Mm-hmm. It is. It's my number two. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dark is absolutely fantastic. If if you haven't seen Dark yet, you absolutely need to. Um, yes. It does time travel in such, like, spoiler alert. Not that it's a big spoiler, because it's given away in, like, what, episode two? Um. Yeah. But it does time travel in the most clever way I think I've ever seen. Um. Yeah. And, uh, the, the thing about it, and, and here's my big thing. And Josh, like, we, when we reviewed it, Josh watched it in its native language with subtitles. I watched it dubbed. Please, 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 mm-hmm. please, 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 please watch it the way Josh did. Because the the dub is awful. <laughs> it, it's, it's bad. The voice actors in it are bad. It was produced at about the time the uh, Voice Actors Guild was on strike. So it's like they used replacements. And you could tell that the audio quality and the vocal range and ability of these people was not very good. Whereas in the native German, you have not only do you have the skillful actual actors, but you also have it with the sound quality, the environment, wherever they were talking, like for instance, two characters walking through the woods it sounded like two people walking through the woods instead of two people appearing to walk through the woods on screen and two people talking in a phone booth you know the sound coming yeah, through what, and there, there were there were parts extra sounds it was just mm. yeah, yeah it's just it's bad There's, um but aside from that the show is fantastic it 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 uh, the acting from everybody is stellar. Um, it's a, it's a condensed show too. It takes place in a small village. Like it doesn't go beyond that. Mm-hmm. So that that yep. to me also made it very personal. Um, uh, it, it kind of the best way that I could describe it. If you've seen the show Broadchurch and how that story is condensed with its, with its mystery and its and its cast, same feeling but with just the cleverest of time travel stuff so please watch that show uh josh what's your Mm -hmm. number three altered carbon so that's on my list but it's not my number three it's your number two it's my number one really oh my god yeah wow because it's perfect yeah yeah. It, it it's it's really absolutely phenomenal. It was, you know, because it's not my number one, but it is your number one. That, that it still it was absolutely one of the best shows we both watched in the past year. I um, I love Dirty. Sci-fi. I didn't know when we watched it. I didn't know that it was based on a novel that is part of a book trilogy. So I immediately went out and ordered the book the instant I found out after I finished the series that it was based on a book. I ordered the book. Still not read it, but well, hey, supporting there. supporting the original uh, uh, the original source material. Source material. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't 
say enough good things about the show. It's really clever in its mystery and how it how it unravels that mystery. It's really clever in mm-hmm. how it basically designs the world so that way realistically the show could go on indefinitely, not just the three the books. World the world building in that show was so amazing. I wanted to see every possible thing I could about the world, well, really the worlds involved in that universe because it didn't just take place on Earth in a specific time. It took place several various planets, various locations, various time periods. It was just tremendous how that world was crafted. Uh, fascinating. I loved it so much. But yeah. It it was, it's absolutely, when somebody asks me, hey, what are some good things I may have not have heard from, heard of on Netflix to watch? Altered Carbon. Dark, dark and Altered Carbon are two of my go-tos. Yeah, the, the guys I play. They're absolutely, the, they're absolutely, you know, things that not everybody's heard of that are some of the best things we've watched. Yeah, I, I, uh, the guys I play online games with, you know, they'll ask, like, you know, what shows would you recommend, Greg, or, you know, what shows do you guys, have you guys talked about? And I'm just like, Alter Carbon, Dark, mm-hmm. <laughs> like American Vandal, like, those, those are my go-tos. Um, so I have mm-hmm. one more thing on my list, Josh. What? How many things do you have on your list that we haven't talked about? Uh, let's see. I had Lost in Space, Altered Carbon, Dark, Godless. Oh, well, I've only got one thing left here. Okay, so I think I'll... Uh, I'll I'll run off my top one, or my that's technically my number two. Um, mm-hmm. This was a movie that we watched. Um, really? Yeah. And I, I had so I wrote I, I while I was at work because I worked a graveyard, so there was nobody in the fucking store. Um, I wrote down every single show that we watched, including movies mm-hmm. and whatever. And mm-hmm. as I was going through everything, I, I had spotted something that. I remember when I watched it, I felt there was a connectivity to it. There was something that I, I just really, really loved about it, um, both thematically and uh, uh, the way that it's structured. And, well, The Big Sick. The Big Sick? Is that yours as well? I remember you. No, oh. no, it's not. It's not, uh, but it was an absolutely a wonderful movie, and I remember when we covered it, you said it was pretty much perfect. It, it, um, yeah, it really is pretty much perfect. It's I I cannot stress enough how not only impo- like I don't want to sound pretentious, but the movie is important. It's important not just because it's a it's a good look and in in the culture of how our society treats people who are darker than khaki, but it, it's also mm-hmm. a, a, a great insight into American relationships and um, yeah. how we treat each other in a, in, in a way that doesn't really show in other movies and other things. Plus it's absolutely hilarious. Like the fact that, um, uh, Camille Nanjiani, I almost forgot his name for like a second there. Uh, the way that he writes mm-hmm. um, all the characters, and it's based off of like his personal experiences, um, mm-hmm. is is just so so down to earth and so clever. I like, I I cannot praise the movie enough. Like it it deserved every award in the world, and I'm so glad that we got to talk about it on this podcast. But Josh, what is you? Yeah, it absolutely. 
It absolutely was a very, very enjoyable movie. Oh, uh, what's the last thing? I think we both gave it an A plus. Actually, yeah, it deserves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had Stranger Things as probably my favorite thing. It's in my top ten, but I felt mm, see because I didn't feel season two was as strong as season one. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I said that when we talked about it too. Um, and you know the five things I listed off, I just enjoyed more than that show. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm lumping it together as both seasons, the entire show, because I did watch both. Um, you know, and I really, really loved it. And you know, it's uh, Misty also loves it very, very much, and we're excited about season three. Um, but I mean, those five shows that I listed, you can't go wrong with watching them. The five things that Greg listed, you can't go wrong watching them. You'll absolutely enjoy these things. I mean, between the two of us, you know, we only had two of the same things in our top five, altered carbon and dark. Yeah. You know, which, which as we said, are like our go-to, our two go-to when we tell people to watch it on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely, because everybody's heard of Stranger Things. Yeah. You know, um, they may have not have heard of Godless. They may have not have heard of Lost in Space, although they probably have. Uh, But, you know, Dark and Altered Carbon are absolutely some of the best things out there. So I'm glad that you give give those just as much high praise as I do, because they're absolutely worthy of it. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. We just talked about some amazing shows on Netflix that you have. If you've not watched any of those, please, you have plenty of material to watch now. Um, but what we should do is we should get to the actual podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. This this has uh, been a nice little uh, retrospective look back of our favorite things and least favorite things that have resulted from the show and how our lives have changed and. Let's get into the actual show itself now. Yeah, uh, before we do that, uh, just real briefly. Um, so it was just announced uh, that uh, something... <laughs> I don't know why I'm announcing on the podcast, but I just saw it on, on Twitter for like a second. Uh, Space Jam 2 is officially being made. Oh, uh, well, you know, you would say that. Um, you know, as as it's as it's just speculated, LeBron James is going to be the Michael Jordan character in the movie. Um but uh, the coolest part about it is that uh, Ryan Coogler, who directed pa- Black Panther, will be producing it. Um, okay. And then this guy named Terrence Nance. I don't think I've seen any of his movies. I looked at his IMDb. I haven't seen anything he's made, but he's directing it. And a lot of the stuff that it looks like he's made are, are very uh, like um, indie films, artsy films. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm legit interested. Then again, I'm a huge Space Jam fan. Uh yeah. Look, I'm not I am not in this weird delusion that it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Like I don't It absolutely is. But it's a fun movie. You also saw it it also came out at a time when you were pretty much the right age. For I was it. not only the right age, but I was really into Looney Tunes and I was really into basketball. It was like it was the perfect storm. It really, really was. That being I was really into basketball. I was really into Looney Tunes. 
but I was a Detroit Pistons and particularly an Isaiah Thomas fan and an absolute hater of the Chicago Bulls. I didn't hate Jordan. I didn't hate Jordan because, you know, I respect he's the greatest player of all time. Sorry, it's not LeBron. Hey, you know, LeBron's, LeBron's good, great. But... LeBron's great. Let's not say he's just good. He's great. Yeah, he is. But Jordan, man, he's the greatest of all time. Sorry, he just is. And I respect that talent. The but movie's fun, though, man. Like, it's, it's silly. I went, I went, yeah, yeah. And I separated that. The movie was what it was. <laughs> it was. I'm not excited, great. okay? Uh, not even Bill Murray could save Space Jam. And. You know, Bill Murray is pretty fucking awesome, all right? Because he's Bill fucking Murray. <laughs> so, anyway, enough oh, about that. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there because I was very excited. Um, So. Yeah, I want to throw it out. I want to throw it out. All right. Jesus. <laughs> um, so, uh, our first show that we're going to talk about is American Vandal Season 2. Um, Now, as we said... This is a bit serendipitous for yeah. us because uh That was the first thing we ever covered in episode yeah. one. It was American Vandal season one. This would be so. really weird if if fucking uh Big Mouth season two had come out before this before this recording. But that comes out like two weeks from yeah, now. So. Yeah, it's just fucking that would have been a great great way to book in, but it just didn't work yeah. out that way. But at least this is on here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so uh uh Josh, why don't you let them know what uh, specifically season two is about? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you know, I really love the way they set up season two. Yeah, same here. Um, because if you haven't seen season one, it focused on basically there was an act of vandalism at a high school. And this one kid, Peter Maldonado, launched an investigation independently trying to find out the truth because he wanted to know what the truth was. The administration, they expelled a kid over it because he fit the profile of what they were looking for without any real hard evidence. So he wanted to find out the truth. And they treated it like he was creating a documentary. And in the end, he uncovered the truth. And the kid that was expelled was uh, wrongfully expelled. So the way they set up season two was brilliant because they're like, oh, yeah, we produced it. And it was like the top staff pick on Vimeo. And then Netflix bought it. And now it's become a huge hit on Netflix. So now people have been contacting us wanting to solve these things that have been happening. So it's just like a nice little tongue in cheek nod to, okay. Our show's on Netflix, you know. But uh, it, basically, Peter and Sam, uh, they were the the people that created the first documentary. They are hired, or not really hired so much. Uh, they're recruited to investigate a crime at a private Catholic high school. And... They get to treat it as their senior project for their for whatever class it is, I guess. Uh, but they've been they have to investigate a series of 
comes from someone who goes by the Instagram handle, the turd burglar. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something right now. That is an actual official Instagram account that you can follow. Yep. And just like in the show, it will not follow you back. Yep. It's got, when I joined it, you know, like the day or two after uh, this show debuted last week, I started following it on Instagram. It had, you know, a couple thousand followers, zero follows. <laughs> you know, it, it was following zero people. It was funny. So I like how they're staying true to that. But it has actual, like, the photos of all the kids. The premise was what happened with the turd burglarish crime and why Sam and Peter were brought in. Uh, there was an incident that happened on Chicken Finger Monday. You know, all these kids, they're talking about Chicken Finger Monday, how great it was. And then something wasn't right. And everybody all of a sudden just starts shitting themselves. They're rushing to the bathrooms. You know, some kids, you know, the, the bathrooms weren't designed to have that many people going at once. So what kids didn't make it into the stalls, they're, they're shitting in sinks they're shitting in trash cans they're just squatting in the floor and shitting in the hallway some of them are shitting themselves because they can't make it and they called the incident the brownout and oh my god i thought season one was hilarious you know it's like oh great you know hashtag who drew the dicks that was funny as hell it was absolutely hilarious but this this was even better. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. This like, was absolutely even better. Something that made season one stand out so well was how serious they took it. And the same for yes. this. Um, because there are absurd things that happen in it. So one of the things oh, one of the things that I found to be extremely funny was that um, the turd burglar would, on his Instagram, he wrote, lemonade, 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 around the corner, fudge is made. But instead of doing fudge, he puts the poop emoji. So there's this really yeah. serious moment where they have serious music yeah. backing a kid describing what he read on Instagram. And he was just like, lemonade, lemonade, around the corner, poop emoji is made. I, yeah. Oh, my God, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that, it was it was great because I loved how... All these kids they got, they're doing the interviews, telling them to describe about the day throughout the season. You know, like none of these kids, hardly any of them, are ever anybody that Sam and Peter and a couple of the main characters ever interact with. Right. It's just like they're there to help drive the narrative. And it was cool the way it was done, which made it a little bit different. Not much different, but a little more different from the first one because – you know, you did get a few kids like that throughout the first season, uh, but in this one, you know, in the in the first season, you know, this is also how they separate it. Um, the first season is just like asking them on camera in whatever setting they were in, and this is like asking them on camera, but they've got like this professional backdrop, and you know, of course, they're all wearing their school uniforms because it's they're being interviewed during school hours, so it gives this look of uniformity throughout and it just made it look more professional and polished too which goes to show hey we've got this netflix funding now so we can do this well also it, it, it also nice. it also fit into um 
the the theming and the idea that they were only like within within the 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 fake world that they've created and the idea that Netflix mm-hmm. gave them that money like it fits into that mm-hmm. not just not just the showrunners going well we have a bigger budget what do we do with it but more to the idea that yeah. what would these two young people who now have a budget from Netflix what would they do with it like it's it's both meta yeah. and and realistic it's I was fucking clever exactly oh we got some better equipment you know it's nice yeah they don't cool. yeah they don't ever play this role of like it's a show and you know that it's a show like they really try to play up the satire of it and it's god it's so good it's so good well the other thing about it josh was going to say that i think makes this show stand out especially season two versus season one is just how much more it goes into not only high school life and being a teenager in high school today, <clears throat> but also like, um, you know that that this this minuscule racial racial divide that takes place in schools. Yes. Uh, with uh, Demarcus, uh, what the hell's his last name? Oh, uh, Demarcus Tillman. Tillman. Thank you. Yeah, Demarcus Tillman. Yeah, he's like. He's like one of the top recruits in the nation. You know, college scouts, colleges are wanting him well, he, hard. He has this really, really smart. Um, he has this really smart scene where he talks to he talk he's talking to them about how he. Uh, oh, I apologize, guys. Uh, he's talking about how. Being in a school of a bunch of white people who are well off, where he has mm-hmm. to go like 45 minutes out of his way to go to school because he lives in not the most well off or wealthy part of town. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he basically is trying to say that in that scene that, uh, you know, he, he, he loves his teammates and he, he gets along with them really well. But it's clearly not the case. It, there's there's clearly more there. There's a lot more under the veil, and um, uh, you know he does feel ostracized. He does feel that way, and mm-hmm. they do it. They show that in a very subtle way, um, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so brilliant how they they tie in that that whole aspect without like shoving it directly in your face and. I just, I really, I really appreciate it. I really, I really dig how they, I really dig how they went about it. And I, and I, I don't know, man. Like, I I think that, I think that when it comes down to how well acted everyone is, like, one of my favorite situations uh, with DeMarcus specifically is how it goes into, um, it's not pitch shift. It might be called pitch shift. But it's it's basically ch- changing your tone and how you speak depending on the audience, depending on who's around you. Yes, yes. And um, it goes into that, it, like it uses that in a funny way, but not but not just in like a standard funny way. Like it actually makes sense and works for the characters and uh, works for what's being shown on on screen. And it's just so clever. It's just absolutely the most clever thing. And like I I was loving every second of it. I was enjoying every, every moment, especially with the Marcus man. Like it was brilliant of them to use him as the vehicle to show like, this is high school life for a lot of 
teenagers who who are especially in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're talented, you you have to deal with this nonsense. Um, yeah, and uh, it, it's even more exemplified at the very end when Demarcus, you know, it. it spoiler alert. Um, he turns out to be one of the victims of the church burglar. I'll just say that much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he starts making his own decisions. And the decisions that he's making, he's making for his own benefit because he realizes what was going on around him was not for his benefit. It was for somebody else's. Yep. And, uh, mm-hmm. and other characters start to see that as well when it comes to other things. And I just... The show is brilliant. The show is absolutely brilliant, and not just on a not just on a parody level, on a satirical level. You know, putting the mirror up to society, putting up the mirror to to adults who just accept this kind of high school ideal of this is what we're supposed to do, this is how it's supposed to be, um, and uh, but also making it a a absolutely hilarious story. I I, I can't yeah. praise the show enough, Josh. I really can't. I really enjoy how it brings up the fact that, you know, it says we're the first generation who gets to live twice. We have our lives that we live, but everything is also documented. Yep. And it forever will be. And... How, you know, the turd burglar themselves, because I'm not going to spoil their identity because that's something you absolutely don't want spoiled. Right, right, right. Uh, How the turd burglar themselves, uh, one of the things they said, you're all fake. You're all full of shit. This persona you see on your Instagram accounts, your Facebook profiles, these happy little perfect lives. You're all full of shit. You all have insecurities. You all have, you know, basically everybody is a lot more alike than they realize. You're not unique. You're not special. You know, that message, you know, that, uh, it was really well done. Yeah, I think one of my one of my favorite things is at the very end. Um, I don't remember how the quote goes, but it's like, "We're not the worst generation; we're just the most exposed." No. Yes, that is that's exactly yeah, how it yeah. was phrased. Well, we're I, I've not said the this worst generation; we're just the most exposed. And I've said this for years when when adults older than me. Uh, you know, like my sister or mm-hmm. my parents like to sit there and say, ah, kids are... Those damn millennials. Yeah, kids are on their phones too much. and dear, dear. It's like, that's the society we built for them. They don't know mm-hmm. any different. And and a huge, a massive aspect to the mystery of this show is Instagram, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, they do bring yes. up Twitter and Facebook occasionally, but it's primarily Instagram. And just, like, Mm -hmm. people were tagged and shit. There's this whole story, a subplot, if you will, about uh, a previous prank that was done directly on one girl. And it was basically cyberbullying. And it's just... Yeah. It's so clever about how it basically says, like, look, because you're an adult and you didn't have to deal with this shit in high school, this shit makes high school harder. 
And if you're not willing to yeah. understand that as an adult, then you're not doing your job as an adult. And I, I that that was the me- like that was the message that I really really appreciated and took away from the show. Um, outside of it being hilarious and and just like it's, it it does exactly what a satire should do or a parody should do, is not just be funny, not just like, you know, scary movie is a parody of scary movies. It's not a satire. Yes. It's not trying to make a no. point. It's just trying to be silly and funny and parody this other thing. This show goes, we could do that. We could parody true crime stories, but we're not. We're going to satirize American culture on top of it. And I couldn't appreciate it more for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this how it does it is brilliant. And I hope we get a third season. I think we will. I really do think we'll get a third season. Um, the show is 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 popular enough. It's got massive critical acclaim. Uh, it's no everything sucks, so that's good. Um, oh, there was there yeah. there was something that I was a little forgiving on the grade, and if I could go back and grade that, I'd give it a fucking F. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's retroactive. I think I graded that one on the curve. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give American Vandal season two a grade, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and give it an A. Uh, it's it's very well done. It's very digestible, but it's very very layered. It is absolutely. It doesn't capture the lightning in the bottle like the first season does. With the with like the groundbreaking way that it's presented, however, it is I feel layered with more depth this go round, and has deeper messages overall. And for that, you know, I give it an A. It is absolutely worth your time to check out. I know we didn't really talk much about specific characters a lot, but this is really a show that I think that you should just sit down and watch and enjoy because it's eight episodes. They're about a half an hour to 35 minutes on average in length. You know, it's, it's it's just really enjoyable. Check it out. It's worth your time. Solid A. Um, for me, it's an A+. Plus. Uh, I, I, I think that, you know, you said they didn't, they didn't quite capture the, the uh, lightning in a bottle like they did the first season, but I completely disagree. I think that not only did they capture lightning in a bottle, but they captured two, two bolts in the same bottle that they did the previous one because, you know, they just – I mean that by just like the way it was presented the in the first season. That's the first time anything like that's ever been done, I, I, to my knowledge. I understand. That's what I mean. I understand. I understand. What now you're it's repackaged and it's still just as brilliant. I just don't. I See, think because of that, it's not as mind blowing to me. Here's why I think it it rises above, and that's because it it. It doesn't just redo what the previous season did. It absolutely it does it does something different, and I think that the message is more important now. Uh, the message in the first one was just kind of like, yeah, high school sucks, and maybe 
we're 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 not who we are for those four years our entire lives and, that should not define right, us. but not only that but it's also yeah. making you know the the viewer go like maybe we should stop finding joy in other people's misery and misfortune um mm-hmm. that to me was a huge me- huge huge message in season one but this one this season went yeah we could say that but that's not the message we're trying to get across the message we're trying to get across is um, just how fucking awful high school is and that these, these poor kids have to endure this kind of shit. Um, and, uh, let's make it about them and less about the Netflix angle, if you will. So, mm-hmm. uh, that to me, it was just, that to me stood above season one. So I, that's why I give it an A plus. I mean, we were both not far off from one another in any way, shape or form. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's and it's an outstanding show. Both both seasons are just fucking fantastic. Yes. Uh, both in terms Absolutely. of comedy, satire, and like they're just they're they're perfect in my mind. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. And f- I mean, if it hadn't, I think Godless was. Godless and the toys that made us, were probably the two shows that would have kept American Vandal from being in my top five. Uh, <laughs> so, fair enough. I mean, that's how good it is. Yeah. 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 It's it's. <clears throat> Outstanding. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's just slide right into Iron Fist season two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, if you haven't watched season one, it sucks. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't. I mean, <laughs> I had not seen Iron Fist season one. You know, I watched Luke Cage season two. And season one. Uh, I've seen both seasons of Daredevil, both seasons of Jessica Jones. I hadn't watched Iron Fist, and I hadn't watched The Defenders. I had watched The Punisher. Um, But I know enough about the character of Iron Fist from reading some comics growing up. You know? Uh, Here's the thing. You can read a synopsis, basically what each episode is about of season one, and be more entertained by reading the synopsis of season one than actually watching season Unfortunately, one. Unfortunately, this is accurate. Uh, I watched season two. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I enjoyed it. Um, and then I tried to go back and watch season one. And it's taken me two and a half days to watch two and a half episodes. It's that bad. It really is not good. Um, but... Season two, on the other hand, oh yeah, they've got a new showrunner. Um, the first season was done by what was the guy's name? Um, something Scott Buck. Yeah, Buck. Scott Thank Buck. you, Scott Buck. Yeah, yeah. He he was he was uh, he was dismissed after the first season. A guy named Raven Metzner took over as the second season. And apparently this guy's a big fan of Iron Fist, all things Iron Fist, and a big fan of martial arts movies. And it shows, because in this, it was... The first season was 13 episodes. This season was 10 episodes. This was well done. Uh, this This was pretty well done. Basically, it picks up after the events of The Defenders. Uh, If you haven't watched The Defenders, well, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, they team up against The Hand 
to stop a threat to New York at the end of the Defenders, Matt Murdock is presumed dead. Yeah, well, yeah, that's literally also dead. also you can throw in there if you want to for whatever fucking reason. Um, Susan, not Susan Sarandon, but uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but she played the villain of the hand or the the, the main villain of the whole thing. Uh, oh my god. Oh, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Thank you, Jesus Christ! A classic Greg and forgetting I names. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, yeah. you did. You did. You you aren't um, wrong with your description. I just wanted to throw in there that she was the villain. That was all. Yeah, yeah. Like inconsequential to this. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you don't. It won't take long to know who everybody is in season two, because the character development and the way the story flows in season two, I feel, is done better just by watching what little bit of season one I had watched. Uh, Danny Rand is the Iron Fist. He's a billionaire. You know, he and his family were lost in a plane crash over the Himalayas uh, 15 years prior. His parents died in the plane crash. He survived. He was raised and trained by Buddhist monks, warrior monks, in a mystical city called Kunlun that you can only access. It was an interdimensional city, right? That's how it's described. It was part of another dimension. And he was raised to be this warrior monk his entire life. And he faced the dragon. Uh, what's the dragon's name? Shall Shall Lao, I think. The dragon? Forgive me. Forgive me um, if I misnamed it. But he basically, he fights the spirit of a dragon. He gets... He gets the spirit of the dragon emblazoned into him. He becomes the Iron Fist. The immortal you know, Iron Fist, to be specific. The immortal Iron Fist, yes. Basically, he's got a glowing hand that can make shit go ow. Uh, now, Iron Fist, traditionally in the comics, has always been a fun character. Uh, when he's teamed up with Luke Cage, specifically, very and a, specifically, and a lot, of, a lot of people said, you know, season one he was not likable. Uh, in Defenders, he wasn't that likable either. But More tolerable. Season two, of Luke Cage. Season two of Luke Cage, he was awesome. That one episode he was in, everybody's like, "Wow, that made me like Iron Fist." And I feel like that portrayal of Iron Fist in that episode of Luke Cage has carried over into this season. Because I really, really liked it. Uh, I really liked uh, Finn Jones as Danny Rand. I liked how he's struggling with trying to find his way with this controlling this power and protecting the city. He feels that because Daredevil has gone, you know, he said he asked me to protect his city he's like i've got to protect the city he's taking it on himself he thinks he's the only one that can get out there and do anything and you know he's trying to stop he's trying to bring about an end to the violence between these uh triads that have been just basically at war with each other for centuries and you know at the same time dealing with his relationship with colleen wing uh you know, uh, dealing with, you know, his relationship with Ward, 
who he and they never got along as kids. And in this, it looks like they're really trying to build a relationship and become real friends, even family so much, you know, as just, it was, this was pretty smartly done. It was really well layered. Yeah. It, it, one of the things that I, I really appreciated with how they, I don't want to say structured the show, but um, it is a structure essentially is that, uh, Danny is not the, the focus. Um, and it's not, he's not, it's more of an ensemble. Yeah. It, it feels more of like, uh, uh, you know, each character gets their own time in the sun. The first season, that was the yes. problem was that Danny was the main character. He had 75% of screen time. Now it feels like Danny has mm-hmm. at best 30% of screen time. And I really fucking appreciate that because, you know, like, so, so you're saying the show found its balance. All right. Just, all right. You know what? You know what, Josh? You're not wrong. I know. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, uh, Colleen, Colleen was an awesome character. Uh, You know, Ward, you see this guy who's, he's struggling. He's recovering uh you know with addiction issues and he's struggling to come to terms with what his life was versus what it is now and struggling with who he wants to be and he has no idea you know and then you have joy you know his sister she is she just went full blown cunt um <laughs> She, she, what little bit I saw of her in season one, she was a more likable person then, and just a little bit I saw her in season one than she was at all in season two. Well, that, that my, my problem with season two is that it requires, it all almost requires season one. And then this, and, it really does. Yeah. But if you read a good enough synopsis, Fair enough. <laughs> you can yeah. do Cause, cause her, her entire, her entire arc is based off season one. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, her entire, like, uh, when she shows up for the first time, what she wants to do, why she's doing what she's doing, it's all because mm-hmm. of what happened in season one. And that to me, yeah. that to me was, was something that I appreciated, but also at the same time, it felt, it felt almost forced. Like they were like, oh, well, if you didn't watch season one, go fuck yourself. Her and Ward to be specific, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, that's the thing. You know, I was watching the first episode or two, and I was like, I really have no idea who this Joy and Word are. So that's when I paused it, and I went, and I spent about an hour just reading up on the events of season one, you know, reading a synopsis about each episode and just looking up things about the characters so I could understand. It's like, oh, okay. Ward was mistrusting, and he was always kind of a dick. Uh, but he was mistrusting, but once he realized, oh shit, he's kind of trying to make amends and he's seen there of his ways, you know, kills his dad who turned out to be in league with the hand and, you know, all the same time he's protecting his sister from all this, you know, trying to keep the info from her and she feels betrayed by that because she's, yeah, she's just a cunt. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, and that, that, yeah, like, like. But what I, what I will say that's really clever with how they they structured the idea that you didn't really have to watch season one. You picked up very yeah. quickly that whatever had happened in the previous story 
was basically mm. told to you via uh, you know people's actions and, and conversations. And I thought that was really yeah, clever because yeah. I'd kind of forgotten some of this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, like it, it, because that, because let's be honest, season one is forgettable. Um, uh, well, you know, I've had a very hard time watching it. You know, like I said, two and a half days. I've watched maybe two and a half episodes or one and a half, something like that. It's it's been hard. It's, <laughs> it's really it's really not a good show. And I, I tried warning you too. I was like, oh, I'm gonna look at it. Um, now some welcome additions though from season one to season two. We've got Davos. Yes. Uh, which I know he did make an appearance in an episode or two in season one. He was trying to get Danny to come back to Kunlun. Uh, I don't know if he showed up in season one or if he showed up in Defenders. He, is, he is in season one. He, he's... Okay. Okay. Well, he is the, I guess you would say, antagonist. One of. Although... Uh, you know, his character was so well done. Well, I think uh, and then, that's another thing. Uh, b- before you get to the other character, that's a, that's a quote-unquote antagonist. Um, something I really appreciate about how this show deals with it anta- is, is, is antagonists isn't, hey, that's bad guy. You're clearly bad guy. Very clearly bad guy. This one, though? Yeah. This one also bad no. guy. But, no, this season goes, like, character. Um, this, this is very, very character driven. It's like Davos, you know, you can't really just say, oh, he's a bad guy. No, he wants what he believes was rightfully his. You see his reasons for wanting the power of the Iron Fist. He wants to take it from Danny. But not just take it because he's like, it's mine. He wants to take it because of of the lessons he had learned when he was younger. Exactly. His upbringing. He felt that. If he had been the holder of the Iron Fist, he would have been the protector of Kun Lun, that Kun Lun would still be standing. Right. He feels that Danny has turned his back on his history and heritage. He feels that Danny is wasting the gift that is the Iron Fist, and he wants to use it for noble purposes. So, he's misguided, but he doesn't see himself as an evil. Right, but yeah, well, that's that's what makes him such. I was, a good like, I was character. like, no bad guy makes it or thinks that they're bad necessarily, but in in his yeah, that's the definition of a good character, right, right. you know, well written villain. Um, and it's you know, let's be honest, it's not, it's not the best written villain because le, le, I mean, he is a bit two dimensional. No, no, um, uh, you know, his entire his entire thing is like, I'm gonna get the Iron Fist. I got the Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I'm doing. I'm doing bad shit with the Iron Fist. Oh darn! I lost the Iron Fist. Like it's not. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. like <coughs> the most groundbreaking structure for a bad guy. But in terms of of his motivation, it's not just I want to take over the world. It's yeah, yeah. He He's, wants to be a good guy. His motivations. His motivations are good. Quote unquote. Know, <laughs> yeah. Not like heroic. I'm saying, you know, the way they presented his motivations yeah. was good. I'm just saying, I like, I liked, you know, I liked Davos as a character uh, because mm, of his motivations. I really loved how, I really loved how Misty Knight was brought in. She's a huge part uh, of the story too, which surprised me. 
she really was, and it's great. I would love, and she was, she was so enjoyable in Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Um, and to see her get such a big part in this season of Iron Fist was very enjoyable because the relationship that she has with Colleen uh, was very enjoyable to see. Um, but well, she's man, one of the characters that constantly one, like gets upset with heroes for hire because they cause a lot of yeah. problems for her. They cause paperwork for her. So. Well, yeah, plus too, you know, they're, you know, they're working, they're operating outside of the rules and it makes her job more difficult. Exactly. Exactly. And she's like, let the trained professionals do this the right way. And she knows that people like Danny and Luke are trying to do good. But it's nice to see the struggle within herself too, to let them do their thing or to keep them from doing it. But my other my other thing that I was really excited about is they brought in Alice Eve as Mary. Nice, sweet, little, innocent Mary. Or, wait, no. It's Typhoid Mary. Oh, my God. Typhoid Mary in the comics was... She was used uh, mainly as a daredevil uh, yeah, to, I mean, she's gone up against a lot of uh, she, other superheroes, including Spider-Man. But, and, but she actually dated Matt Murdock. Yeah. They were in a relationship. Well, well Mary... Uh, which Wait, which alter dated her? Dated him? Mary. Was it just Mary? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yep. Mary has dissociative identity disorder. And she has three personalities or alters, the proper term for them. There's Mary, sweet and innocent Mary. And then in this, they just call the other alter Walker, um, which is her last name. Uh, they don't call her Typhoid, but it's clearly the Typhoid personality. Right, because, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. There, there is a third personality in the comics, and they actually alluded to this in the series. See, in the comics, there's Mary, and then there's Typhoid Mary, who is, she has a bloodlust and a violent streak, and she's deadly. But she's also uh, conditioned, but, and... But she's also conditioned, and, you know, then there's Bloody Mary. The Bloody Mary persona just wants to kill every man on the fucking yep. planet um, for reasons. And they alluded to those reasons and they alluded to her in this season because her character was fascinating and so well done. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the actress, man, Alice the, Eve pulled it yeah, off. Yeah. She pulled it off. She uh, really pulled it off. It's like, and I love the fact that Mary, the meek persona, she's just this sweet, innocent little girl from a small town in Wisconsin, you know, struggling to make her way as an artist. And she does these beautiful pictures. But to keep Walker at bay, she she has to have the only sounds like the sound of running water, flashing lights. You know, she has to have, like, constant water running around her so she can keep Walker away. So I thought that was a very cool thing in the first or second episode when she 
um, is running the hot water and the window steams up and she wipes away the steam on the right side of the mirror and it's like you see like a cloudy vision of one side of her face and then the clear side on the other because in the comics when she's in her typhoid mary persona her right side of her face is painted white yeah yeah uh and the other side is just normal uh bloody mary as well and I noticed, too, uh, the drawings that she had done of herself. One was kind of shaded, and one was just left on white paper. So she folded them in half and put them side by side, and it was like, ah, oh, that's a nice touch. There were some very cool little nods in this, but they also tied this to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because Mary, the Walker personality, was in the military. And she was taken captive. Her unit was taken captive. And they said that they would, they were uh, kidnapped by Sokovians. They were in the nation of Sokovia, yeah. the Sokovia Accords for, you know, the Avengers movies. Um, Specifically, Civil War. Any, well, I guess technically yep. also Edge of Ultron. Captain but. America, Winter Soldier, and Civil, uh, you know, Avengers 2, uh, all that. Yeah. Um, so. They t- they put her in Sokovia. She was a POW in Sokovia. They would torture her. They would kill her uh, members of her unit. She was captive for almost two years. Um, and they she discovers you know you know uh, Walker thinks that Mary talked her way out of it. Mary always thought Walker protected her. But when they found her, they just found her with these machetes, and they said she was sitting there, and she didn't know what happened, but the scene was described as nothing but bloody. I'm like, oh, there's a nice nod to the Bloody Mary. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, is there another one of us? What? So I loved how they set that up. It was very cool. There were a lot of cool little Yeah, I, I guarantee you. Uh, what I'm kind of hoping, to be honest, is that Bloody Mary becomes a villain, not in Iron Fist Season 3, but actually, like, they actually... Daredevil Season 3? No, I hope that, 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 like, the next time we see Luke Cage in Iron Fist, it is Heroes for Hire Season 1. Ooh, that would be cool. I I really, really hope for that, because that, like, honestly, Heroes for Hire is one of my favorite fucking things, and Danny and Luke being a team is one of my favorite things, so... Yes. I, I really, really, really want that. And uh, um, I know that she, you know, she was a problem for them often because uh, uh-huh. she, was, she was a hitman. And, mm-hmm. man, I just, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm really, I'm really hopeful for the future of this entire franchise and, and where it's going to go and how they're going to do stuff. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think season two. Uh, it's a vast majority over season one. It's 10 episodes instead of 13. Strong character development. Um, I'm not going to spoil some things, but there are some nods to uh, some classic Iron Fist comic characters. Um, You know, um, at the end of the series, there's a new Iron Fist. Not going to spoil it, but I like that. It went, it went the route. I think it, that's it, very. Yeah, it went cool. the route I wanted it to go. So, uh huh. 
and uh, I just I just think is this was very enjoyable. There's there's not much more I'm going to say without spoiling anything, and I don't want to spoil it because I think if you suffered through season one, <laughs> and if you watch season one, you suffered. Yeah. Season two will be enjoyable. If you didn't watch season one, and you've watched all the other Netflix stuff, but people said, oh, stay away from Iron Fist, skip season one, just read a brief synopsis of it, watch season two. Season two. Yeah, I was going to say, shit, even if you just don't want to read a synopsis, the show does a great job at filling you in, like like a like a movie. Yeah. Like let's say, let's say it's a movie that has a backstory, but you don't know the backstory. Yeah. It tells you that backstory via dialogue. So it's just it's yeah, it does so over time. You know, you catch enough in the dialogue over yeah. time. Uh, but we should definitely give our grades for it, Josh. Um, I'll go first. I'm gonna. Okay. Oh, I was you went first last time. Um, I'm gonna give it. Yeah. I'm gonna give it an A minus. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah uh, it's a really good show. Really well done. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't bored. Um, but the minus part comes from like uh, uh, there's a few parts in it that I think drag on a little bit. Like Davos, Davos's like entire arc is a little bit cliche, given the regardless of the fact that his character has different. You know, like he's not just a bad guy, quote unquote. Um, the Ward and Joy stuff is 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 cool, but it, I feel like it could have been done a little bit differently, maybe a little bit better. But whatever, um, no big deal there. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think my fair grade on how well they put the structure of the show, how well they built it together, and that really good payoff at the end. Um, I'm, mm. I'm going to give it an A minus. Nice, nice. Uh, you know, I was thinking either B plus or A minus. Um, I'm probably going to go B plus. Uh, I mean, I mean, really a minus B plus. It's almost the exact same thing. It's really, really good. Uh, you know what? I'll probably go ahead and bump it up to an A minus because the visuals in this look a hell of a lot better than the brief visuals I saw in season one. Uh, there was some shit like him just leaping over the car doing the backflip or leaping up to a balcony you know his jumping and just looked stupid it looked stupid and this all the stuff you see him do and the moves you see him do uh looks believable all the fight scene choreography in this was incredibly well done you know you see colleen kicking some serious ass her and misty both kicking some serious ass uh really fun the the cinematography was good the visuals are great the the fight choreography was stellar the characters are well done yeah i'm gonna give it an a minus two okay (laughs) so yeah 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 so yeah watch iron fist yeah it's a good show uh season two skip season one season one's not good yeah you can also skip the defenders if you want to whatever um you can, <laughs> but it's only eight episodes, so you could probably watch it. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this but, exceedingly yeah. long episode up uh, for two reasons. Well, before we do, before we do, what are we going to be watching on the next episode, Gary? Uh We're going to be watching uh, The Dragon Prince, which is uh, made, uh, I don't remember who wrote it, uh, but I know that it's produced by the guys who, who produced uh, Last Airbender, the animated series specifically. Um, and I've heard a lot mm-hmm. of good things about the show, so I'm really excited to watch it. I haven't read any actual reviews, just like 
headlines of, I like it. Um, mm-hmm. And the other show that we're going to be talking about, uh, let me pull it up. Whoops, open up the wrong thing there. Maniac. Uh, yeah, Maniac, which, uh, um, who stars in that again, Josh? Jonah Hill and Emma That's Stone. Right. It's a it's a limited series, like Godless was, or a micro series. Um, so this will probably it's going to be like a one and done kind of season. So, uh, but from what I've seen, the visuals, it it looks interesting. Uh, Watch the trailer for it. It gives me it gives me hopes that it's going to be good. So we're going to watch it and let you guys know. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was gonna say let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the show because I am exhausted. Um, yeah. I've been. Oh, but the giveaway. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. You know we we said at the start of the show we wanted to give back to you guys for the support and the growth we've seen and the good, the, the, the feedback we've gotten. We want to give back to you. So we want to do a giveaway to celebrate our one year anniversary. Remember how we mentioned earlier in the show, we've got a merchandise site on Redbubble um, where we have various articles, uh, various items that have the all queued up logo on it. You know, there's t-shirts, hoodies, uh, sweatshirts, uh, you know, uh, tank tops, uh, you know, skirts, dresses for you ladies, leggings, uh, you know, there's phone cases, wallet cases, skins, art, stickers, all kinds of things, mugs. Well, for you guys supporting us, and we appreciate it, you know, a few people have ordered some things already. That's awesome. Thank you. But you know what? We want to give we want to give one listener one of those products. We want to give you guys a shirt. Now, how are we going to choose? That depends on you. If you want an all queued up t-shirt and you'll be able to choose your color, just email in the subject of the email, put giveaway. Okay? Email us the size that you would need of the sh- of the shirt and, you know, of course your name and tell us what you enjoy about the show. Tell us what you don't enjoy about the show. But put giveaway in the subject line and the size of your shirt. That's all you need to do. Email that to all queued up podcast at gmail dot com. All right. Just put giveaway in the subject line. Tell us your shirt size, your name, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. All right. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. I am going to get the YouTube channel caught up, I promise. Subscribe to us on audio platforms, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, you know, Radio Public, what have you. But all you got to do for the giveaway is just send us an email. And we'll do a drawing uh, in two weeks. We publish this episode. Today is Friday the 21st. 
at the time of this uh, publishing. So, October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. October the 5th is when the next episode releases. On October 5th, we will announce the winner of the shirt. All right. How's that sound? Free all queued up swag. Hey. <laughs> Hey, like he's fucking Fonzie. Um, or the Fonz. I'm cooler than that guy. It's the Fonz, not Fonzie. Jesus, how out of the times can I be? Um, guys, guys, we, <laughs> you jumped the show. We can't man. thank you enough for, for being here for all 26 episodes. 26? 26. Um, plus 27 if you count the, the um, episode. Our sincere apology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to do this, and we we can't wait to do another year. But it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, uh, I can't wait till we get another suggestion from Anthony that Josh hates. Um, I can't wait until we watch another show that blows us away, like Dark or uh, American Vandal or Altered Carbon. Um, yeah. we're always looking for those new original shows that Netflix puts out. So. Um, and you know, maybe maybe Maniac might be one of those. It seems like it may have the yeah, potential. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, guys, we, we yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, we do have a Patreon. Yeah. If you feel like you want to throw us a few bucks, uh, feel free to. Not in any way, shape, or form mandatory. Uh, but we appreciate any 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 help we can get. Um, uh, and know that any money that is donated to us goes directly into making the podcast sound better. Um. Yeah, yeah. All proceeds from Patreon or all proceeds from you know, the merch sales, all that goes back into funding yep, the podcast. Yep. We want to continue to bring you quality content, enjoyable content, uh, and be entertaining for you guys, and let you know you know what's worth your time because hey, our time's precious. Exactly. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Yep. yep. Um. Uh. Also, if you guys want to discuss shows that you have watched as well. Uh, we love talking to you and hearing from you on the podcast, uh, the 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 uh, Facebook page, the uh, the um, mm-hmm. all queued up discussions on yep. Facebook. Uh, we always post two different spots in which we want you guys to talk to us about the show, um, and uh, we love talk. We love hearing from you. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at queued up podcast. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you mm-hmm. go to allcutopodcast.com, there's a tab to the side, and that that ta- those tabs there have every single place you can listen to the podcast and every single social media you can follow us on. Um, yep. So that's a thing. Um, Josh, where can they find you online? Well, in addition to, uh, you know, here with you every other Friday, they can find me as my regular name on Facebook, Josh Fisher. Uh, I'm in the, I'm very active on social media, uh, especially on Facebook, uh, participating in the Realm of Collectors uh, community, the group there. You can catch me live every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on MPSP Theater on YouTube. You can catch me on occasion on Off the Runner on the Primal Sabbath channel, but sometimes on uh, Bricks on the Dollar. It just depends on who's hosting that night. Uh, but on Twitter, you can follow me at nsabanur1976. And Twitch, uh, 
and Sabanur76. Awesome. Where can they find you, Greg? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Geek. I also have a Facebook and a um, Instagram account you can follow me on. I'm not really active there, but feel free if you want to. Uh, you can look at my Simone Pass post. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm sorry, not Twitter, but Twitch, at Geek as well. Uh, I stream there from time to time. I, I, I need to do a Jackbox stream on there, but with my new job schedule, it's been really rough. Um, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. I can what I can work out in the future. Um, cool. And, uh, yeah, uh, definitely follow um, on YouTube uh, Mission Start Podcast, or just I think it's Mission Start now. Uh, Anthony and I have been going through a rebranding of Mission Start where I we just drop the fucking podcast part off of the title because we have the Mission Start branding and then we have the Mission Start podcast. That's how it should have been. That's how it should always have been. And I'm glad that we're getting it to that point. Uh, we're both working on it and trying to get it there. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, but yeah, definitely follow Mission Start or Mission Start podcast on various things. And you can see when uh, we go live, whether I go live on that channel or I go live elsewhere, yada, yada, yada. Um, but guys, I think that's going to do it for us again, dragon prince and maniac for the next episode. Um, I think both shows are going to be fun to watch. Uh, but guys, I'm going to go take a nap because I'm, a, I'm just tired. Just exhausted. I'm going to go make some dinner because I'm just hungry. Well, I, I did a graveyard shift last night and then had to wake up after three Ooh. hours of sleep. And then go grocery yeah, shopping. Yeah, that's bullshit. I have to go to a store meeting, and it was yeah. and and so stupid. yeah, it was it was a whole. It was a whole, today's been just busy. And I'm sorry, but any employer that requires an employee that worked a third shift to come in three hours later for a, a mandatory store meeting is a terrible fucking employer. They just uh, there's stuff I could talk about off off podcast about this store that I really hate, but we'll get to that later. Um. But yeah, guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, We will see you next time. Take care, everybody.